Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. Ryan, you and our producer Nadira were out and about last night attending a Citibank sort of a media event where it was a bit of a pop quiz night. I was supposed to go with you, but I had some unforeseen circumstances. I heard it was a lot of fun, though. It was. So this was a huge media event that I think most of us look forward to every year. So it's back again. And I think we all had fun. And you talk about that quiz. Oh, it was pretty tough. Let me give you one of the questions that we had that really left us scratching our heads. So how many times has Singapore changed its time zone before? So that was one of the questions last night. How many times has Singapore changed its time zone? I tell you what, we'll give you the answer at the end of this segment. I also hear it was quite nice uh, catching up with our ex-editor for radio, Ven Srinivasan, who uh, enjoyed a drink or two. Okay, let's... (laughs) Let's talk about the markets this well. Ben, don't kill me. I'm sorry, bro. Um, let's talk about the the markets this morning. Optimism driving markets as we head into the Friday and the weekend as well. What exactly is behind this optimism? Yeah, if we've been uh, following the headlines closely, you would have noticed there's been quite a bit of gloom and doom in the past few days, just weighing on markets. Finally, we get some cheer with the headlines and they are focusing on how China is looking to ease up on more things, including the property sector of its property policies. So next week, you have what's called the Annual Central Economic Work Conference in China, where policymakers will be discussing next year's goals, including their GDP target, their budget deficit. So all that happening next week and including as part of the conversation and discussions will be what to do with the property sector. And it looks like based on reports and sources, mm. they will likely to further soften their stance on the property sector. So all this as part of a wider approach to turn around the Chinese economy next year. Okay, so you're talking about property, right? There's an interesting piece that uh, you've highlighted. Uh, Officials planning to play down the significance of, quote, housing is for living, not for speculation. Interesting, putting housing as a commodity, well, really not really interesting because it's being done. Yeah, I think if you look into the backdrop of what's been playing out in China in the past few years, a lot of people have been speculating on property, so much so that it's caused quite a few problems when it comes to the level of debt, for example. And it's caused a lot of strain now with uh, rising interest rates. So all that is something they want to unwind and just prevent the problem from getting worse. And I think this new approach is what they are going for. And this, they hope, will build up the property sector's fundamentals in a better fashion in the coming years. So that's going to be the focus for China in their economic so-called turnaround plans. All right, let's uh, widen the circle a bit, especially where China is concerned and this whole ideal of uh, them lowering COVID policies and potentially reopening. Mm. That has had an effect on the Macau Link casino shares. Yes, and this is all around how they could possibly look at more Chinese tourists going into uh, Macau and the casinos. So, we are looking at Hong Kong trimming to five days 
From 7, both the isolation period for people who catch the virus as well as the testing period for inbound travellers. So that saw some optimism around the Hang Seng Index, which rose 3.8% on Thursday, so erasing Wednesday's sell-off. And if you look at the Bloomberg gauge of Macau Casino shares, that jumped as much as 13%. Mm. Uh, just a quick sell, a little bit later on on the bigger picture, you're speaking with Pierre Chatras, who is Fixed Income Investment Director. Director MNG Investments. And the reason why I want to sell this is because we're talking about China and this potential for reopening. But there's an interesting question on the back of a lot of investors' minds, which is what does the re how does the reopening feed into the global inflation picture? Yeah, there is a catch when it comes to China reopening, right? If you talk about an economy bouncing back, it mm. means people spending more, there's gonna be more demand for stuff, commodities, steel, the oil, energy. So that is where the catch is. You no, know, you got you're gonna see an economy bouncing back, and that's gonna mean inflation is likely to be yeah. an issue yeah. to think about next year which will raise prices for a lot of things. So that's what Bloomberg is looking at if, based on their assumption, China fully reopens by middle of 2023. We could see energy prices increase by 20%. And of course, it means the CPI numbers, inflation numbers for the US and many other countries will be under pressure as well, mm. which could see them continue to hike rates for longer. So that is the type of implications if we get a China bouncing back mm. in a stronger than expected fashion at least. Mm. Just a quick one on this piece of news. Uh, how would you like to attend a rave party on the moon? Because apparently <laughs> uh, DJ Steve Aoki is part of SpaceX's first moon trip crew to well, the moon. Space party it is. And this is because Japanese billionaire Yusaku Meizawa has announced his eight crew members who will be joining oh, him boy. for that journey <laughs> And for next year, around the moon on a SpaceX rocket. Mm. So it's not just Steve Aoki. You've got former member of Big Bang, T.O.P. You've oh. got some artists as well. This includes the likes of YouTuber Tim Todd, actor Def Joshi, photographer Karim Ilya, snowboarder Kathleen Farrington, dancer Miu. So this is all part of the mix. I think he is just looking for some fun as yeah. he takes his trip to space. Can't wait for the TikTok video. Okay, Ryan, you asked this question at the start of the segment. How many times has Singapore changed its time zone? What's the answer? All right, you might be surprised to even know that Singapore has changed its time zones before. So it is six. Six times. Six times. So we've got a couple of um, previous events that made Singapore review its time zone, including when, of course, we went through the Japanese occupation. Okay. So that was synced with the Tokyo time zone. Right. And of course, uh, when we were linked to Malaysia, that was also part of the consideration as well to link the economies and the time zones as well. Mm-hmm. So that is part of the various uh, incidents or events that made us change our time zone six times. Wow. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.